Welcome to Chit Chat, a judgment-free forum for conversation around hot topics that impact the Indian American community, inspired by the latest episodes from Family Karma. You know, where we left off was our parents gave us very little insight and information about dating and sexuality. Right after college, the first question is, when are you going to get married? After you're married, almost a day after, it'll be, when are you going to have babies? I do think that the fact that we have such a hard time talking about dating and sex lives with our parents is because there is this level of shock that comes with the fact that their daughters, you know, are going to just magically give them grandchildren in this, like, you know, (laughs) Virgin (laughs) Mary-like situation. I got pregnant, like, three weeks into, into my marriage, and... I had a hard time like even telling my parents because I was like, oh my God, they're going to know that we did it. (laughs) But I remember uh, when I was married, my mom having the most awkward conversation with me about what kind of birth control I was on. And I was married at the time, so it felt appropriate to her, but I actually got upset with her. And I said, mom, you know, we've never talked about sex in my entire life and now all of a sudden you think it's appropriate to ask me about birth control and I'm not comfortable talking about it with you. I feel like this is something we have to build up to. It's so interesting that we talk about not having conversations with our parents about this. Um, So they're not overtly setting dating rules, yet we somehow created rules for ourselves and said like, I need to date X person at X age, or I can only date to marry, or I can only have sex after marriage, whatever, like all of these um, ideas just kind of still got drilled into our heads. Mm even though we never had the conversation. All thanks to the auntie network and like, you know, the kids ahead of us, like they're like, oh, like so-and-so auntie commented on so-and-so kid who was like so rogue by going on this date, throw them to the wolves. And it's just, so then you're like, you just subliminal messages, the auntie network. They never be like outward, like you can't do that. You almost got shamed for it, like Game of Thrones style. <laughs> do you guys ever feel like one of those unspoken roles was you can only date an Indian guy? I thought it was something I, I just wanted for myself. I don't know if that's again from like this auntie network of what you hear, what goes wrong when you don't. I, I did want to marry someone Indian. And again, I don't know if that's also because I just want to also maintain my culture. I'm very tied to our religion and our Hindu culture. We all have experience dating non-Indian people. Yet somehow we've all had our most serious relationships. We're brown. <laughs> Things might change as you get older too. And you, I know for myself, when you start to imagine having a family and what that would look like, I think when I'm younger, the idea of dating, the goals are different. And I think a lot of that is also, was for me, pushing boundaries too. I just realized you meant um, like G-O-A-L-S. I thought you meant like the goals, like it's like some Indian family that I didn't know about. <laughs> like narrowed into this one family she wants to marry into the goals. <laughs> I'm looking at them. Yeah. They are well off. I mean I <laughs> we're preconditioned to marry a brown dude, but then for some reason we're putting them on a pedestal. Apparently marrying a brown dude is the easy way to go. It'll make your life so much easier because you'll never disagree about anything. It's BS, <laughs> it is not true. In the show they talk about like the baby Indian man idea or concept or like Indian men being a mama's boy. They shouldn't always be put on a pedestal, I guess is my point. Now I talk about dating with my mom and dad. I've slowly opened them up to the idea that I would 
maybe marry someone who's not Indian. Whenever I would mention the Indian guy, no matter what he did, just because he was Indian, he got so many more points. Mm -hmm. you know, I could say he was like, you know, an ex-con and they'd be like, well, he's Cindy, so. <laughs> he's that probably. He has a good family. Yeah. <laughs> I think either way you can still like maintain that culture. I see my brother who's married to a non-Indian and her daughter is more Indian than my kids. Like she's learning mm. Hindi. We talked a little bit about how, um, you know, we're not necessarily open with our parents about sex. And I wonder what that does to men. And I wonder if it like keeps them in this kind of juvenile state where they, they have all of this crazy sexual energy that they don't get out. I at least, I feel like talk to you all about sex all the time. I feel like I had an outlet and I wonder if, if men don't have that outlet. The comment we heard on Family Karma from Sean about only not taking a dating situation seriously unless it's someone that's Indian, I think that also carries over into other dating ideas such as sex, for example. They might look at us a certain way and we might be this more, um, I don't know, motherly, family-oriented sort of figure to them. They can't touch us until they're ready for marriage. And they might just go have sex with a bunch of other people until they're ready for marriage and might look at us differently forever because of that. It's interesting that the not conversing about dating and sex and all of that is probably detrimental for both genders. If you don't talk about it and you don't have an outlet to talk about it, then you all you have is to look at pop culture. You are looking at you know, rated R films, or you're looking at porn, like you're just, you're looking at all of these other reference points and making assumptions and kind of quote unquote learning from that, rather than actually having healthy conversations about it and getting a real perspective of what it is versus a dramatized perspective of what it is. Raising men who know how to treat women um, and, and are comfortable kind of integrating the idea of sex and respect, right? So like they can um, actually be with somebody and see her as a good mother and see her as somebody who he's attracted to. It's weird to me when you start to separate those two things um, and it seems like like the Indian culture separates them from the beginning. Maybe that's because it was separated for them too, right? Like with an arranged marriage, this was this was like such a, a like a, a big switch for them. Like they went from like living in their parents' home to suddenly like living with their spouse and having sex suddenly. I think we're more likely to be more open with our, for those of us who have children, or if we will in the future, about sex and gender roles and dating and things like that, even if it's just for safety reasons, like one of you mentioned earlier. I see what Nina is saying, that if you're getting all your kind of like fun sex ed from your guy friends at school and pop culture, you know, porn, whatever, you're sexualizing and idealizing a different type of a woman, perhaps like the white woman, um, you know, the SI swimsuit edition woman, um, you know, that's what is thought to be attractive. The males are then like, all right, now you're, they're getting the same subliminal messages that Sheetal was talking about. And it's time to marry an Indian girl. And the Indian girl is going to be, she's going to cook just like your mom. She's going to take care of your kids. She's no, she's no sports illustrated bikini model you know that was 25 and younger now you're attracted to the Indian woman and hopefully you know she can be both because there's always that um that uh role for women to play that you got to be you know both things simultaneously the duality is quite absurd absurd if you think about it I don't think people have to date two different prototypes of people from age you know 14 to 25 usually you're trying to build on that you're trying to say who am i attracted to who is this person and get to know them 
throughout your life and then eventually end up with the person that you most get along with. But here we kind of have to like get that out of our system and then start refining um, into, you know, what is it that our parents also want? And then what can we agree upon? A lot of our culture is very um, partial to the male gender, right? Speaking about the double standards and things like that. So I think that leads to men being a little bit pampered by their mothers. And then because the females do that, the spouses are expected to do that. And I think one uh, good example of that is from Family Karma. When Brian called his mom and you know asked her the question about the iron, that's something small, but I think that speaks to a sort of a larger cultural uh, dynamic between females and their sons. That also carries over into their lives as they grow up and they start dating and they form relationships with different women outside of the home. And they tend to, I don't know, want that pampering again. And a lot of times they feel like they're behaving like baby men. <laughs> baby Indian man? Baby Indian man. They're, you know, baby Indian man. And some of the episodes you, you even hear like um, Brian's mom being like, okay, well, I'm not doing that anymore. Your wife's going to do that for you. And it's playing into this very outdated um, gender role. Yeah, it's interesting that it's like a transfer of roles. Uh, there's a New York Times article about this, about the unpaid work that women do. So there's like the mental load and also just like laundry, dishes, and it's between two to four hours more than men. So, you know, it's interesting because then you kind of look at why we have such a hard time getting equal pay in the workforce when we're doing so much more unpaid work. And a lot of this, I think it is those traditional mindsets that your mother says that, oh, you know, you don't have to worry about learning how to do this. I'll do it for you until you leave the house for free. And so will your future wife. And now we have this idea that we can do it all. We can cook, clean, and work. So our mothers, because probably they really want to, you know, make sure we had more options, really encouraged us to get all these, you know, amazing degrees and start a career. But then we're still faced with that same age-old question on day one or two after being married, when are you going to have babies? When are you going to add more to your workload and have it all? It must be nice to be just really one-tracked and focused. Indian women are not only expected to take care of a husband, but they're also expected to take care of their husband's parents a lot of times, you know, as they age. And so it's kind of a ridiculous thing to be like, take care of your own parents, take care of your, like somebody else's parents, take care of your kids, take care of a husband. Like there's like all of these enormous responsibilities that all lie on one person's shoulders. Part of the reason that men are so coveted is because they know that the guy is supposed to come in and take care of those parents. So they have somebody to take care of them in old age. And they have that guy's wife who's going to, also take care of them. When you get married, you're leaving your household to join another. So then your responsibility becomes your husband's parents, not your own anymore. That's your brother's if you have a brother. So that idea of, of sort of transferring responsibility means that you're supposed to listen to your new parents, so to speak. They're, you don't have the same relationship with your old parents as you used to. That's kind of what I was taught growing up and what I saw in my own family. So traditionally, culturally, Having a son was a, you know, a very big blessing. They're the big earners. Um, bank accounts were usually under the name of the husband or the male, the son. And women weren't really typically involved with finances, weren't really having a ton of careers outside the home. 
So I think till this day, there's a lot of female infanticide in India. Um, there's a lot of, you know, again, subliminal messages given to women who are pregnant to this day in countries outside of India that, oh, you know, firstborn, is it a son? And it's like, oh, if you have a daughter, you're going to keep trying until you have a son. In my experiences, there have been times where from a dating standpoint, you come across someone who is Indian, who on paper seems like you would get along or Indian American as well. And then as you start to talk to them, you realize that they have these, these beliefs kind of ingrained in them. They're kind of a little concerned that I might be very career focused and want to be financially independent. We talked about like the American ideals of being independent and um, being successful in our own way. And I think our parents all taught us to be that way that well, which I'm so grateful for. Um, but that in the dating scene, it kind of felt like sometimes I got rejected for that too. I have found in my dating life, having a preference more for South Asian men, that there's a difference between the North Indian men I date and the South Indian men I date. Ooh. So to give you context, all of us are Sydney or Punjabi. That means that we're all North Indian. I have had fairly significant relationships with South Indian men as well. And I found that the North Indian families tend to be more patriarchal and the South Indian yes. tend to be more matriarchal. So when I would date the North Indian men, there was this expectation of being more domesticated that I didn't quite fit given my American upbringing. And with the South Indian men, they expect me to sort of take charge, which in some ways is familiar to me, some ways are not. I think that particularly there, they might be used to more uh, stronger personalities and that probably carries over into their dating life and what they expect a woman to do or not to do for them. So you're saying there's more baby Indian men in North India? <laughs> yeah, maybe. to <laughs> do like a map. What's the stereotype that we're the pretty dum-dums? <laughs> Is that the stereotype of, of North Indians? Yeah, we're supposed I mean, to be. We know, we know South Indians are smart, and I, I, I think it's true also. <laughs> it well, is I true. Think I mean, in we're medical supposed school, to like... be fairer, right? Because we're from the North, we're fairer. We're, to... we're from Miami, so we're tan. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow. Talking about tans is really making me miss the beach. Anyways, family and society provide us with subtle and sometimes not so subtle messaging about what is expected of us. These messages plus deeply rooted South Asian gender roles affect our dating and eventual marriage choices. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chit Chat. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at chitchat.podcast if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, or topics for us to discuss in the future. Or if you'd like to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with us, send us an email at ilovechitchat at gmail.com. Don't forget, chat has two A's.